0: So I decided to do it at our nurture at night, at our night Bible study, and I got all the plans, and somebody was helping me, and we got it all together, and I could not think of a favorite thing, not one favorite thing. (laughs) So I had to have my girls help me. Isn't that sad? So I'm trying to do better with that, but ooh. But one thing, it's the tangible things. There are a lot of things that are my favorite thing. And one of my favorite things would be to rather be sitting across the table from you right now with a cup of coffee (laughs) and listening to your story. Truly, that's one of my favorite things is, you know, to be sitting with you and hearing your story. But instead, I'm up here. So Uh, we're going to be going over 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 today. But I wanted to give a little bit of a summary, I guess, of what we've already looked at to tie it in to what we'll be talking about today. So we see in the beginning of 1 Corinthians, Paul is addressing division in the church, and he's saying, you know, be united, live in harmony. And remember, the Corinthian culture was a competitive one. And very self centered. Esteeming others, oh, this is gonna be interesting. Okay. Esteeming others more than self was not part of that culture. But we see an an overarching picture from 1 Corinthians to where we are now. Thank you. Uh, That's fine. Um, Of Paul teaching them love and respect for each other. And we see also, this was a, a kind of a new, new thing for me to see Paul, I feel like patiently um, going from one thing to the next. You know, you'd start a chapter and it'd be like, now, on the thing you asked here, here's this. And I mean, it seems pretty patient to me. Um, Paul's main focus was Jesus Christ crucified. He's reminding them in the beginning that preferring one leader over another, no, he says, it is Christ who made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. And it's as as if he goes on to say a little bit later, so come on, people, if you're going to boast, boast about the Lord. We also see Paul addressing spiritual pride, which was one of the greatest causes of division he reminds them of who they were some of you he says were once those who indulged in sexual sin who worshiped idols or were thieves or greedy etc <clears throat> but now he said you were cleansed you were made holy you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit of God We move on to chapter 8, and there's more cause for division. Paul addresses the question about eating, um, uh, eating meat sacrificed to idols. He also brings it up again in our chapter 10 this week. The main concern was the stronger, which those were the ones that were guided by their knowledge and had the freedom to eat the meat, knowing that the idols were not real, versus the weak, they weren't being considerate and showing love and respect for the ones that maybe didn't understand. the The weaker were known as the ones who had um, been raised um, believing in the false gods and still had a bad conscience about eating the meat offered to idols. So God or Paul admonishes them that their conduct not be guided by superior knowledge but by love and respect for each other. So we get down to chapter 10. This is, like I say, an overview. Hopefully it will all tie together. Um, Chapter 10, Paul begins with a history lesson, a warning to learn from their ancestors um, of their past, and he warns them to not be idolaters, don't put anything before God. Do not grumble and complain or be ungrateful. And flee idolatry. Then in chapter 11, we read a couple more accounts of division and self-centered behavior. The part about this that I love with Paul is he starts out so positive. Listen to this. I am so glad that you have always keep me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings I passed on to you. But there's this one thing. (laughs) I just love that. I had to read it over and over. It was just so, so cool. Um, And this one thing was the subject of public worship and um, dress code for both men and women of the time. Throughout history, the choice of attire has carried a very symbolic significance um, to the people even test today for that matter. Roman society, the wearing of hoods or veils, marked a married woman as respectable or having deserve of respect. We see this theme of love and respect for others played out here. Paul addresses both men and women in mutual respect, each for the other gender Respect for God in the focus of public worship and respect for fellow Christians at worship and for self, as in self-respect. Now Paul's tone changes just a bit, and he says—well, I didn't write down what he said, but (laughs) he lets it be known— in this next section, that there's nothing he can praise them about, not even one little thing. Um, And this passage has to do with the conduct and order of the Lord's Supper. He says they are doing more harm than good. They are dividing as they come together. The somebodies sit here in the inner circle. The nobodies, you sit out there. Oh, and by the way, you nobodies, or you, I'm not going to point at one table. Um, <clears throat> by the way, there may not be food left for you by the time it, you get here. So the art of sharing had totally been lost. They were dividing by class and social status. It was very much a us versus them. They had lost sight of whom and what they were celebrating in the Lord's Supper. I have liberty to do all things, but not everything is helpful. I have the right to do anything, but not everything builds up. No one should seek his or her own interest, but the well-being of the other. Paul is saying over and over again, Come on, you guys, be for each other. This reminds me, as I was reading this, of some things Paul addressed in the Roman church. It also had to do with food and holy days and weak versus strong. In chapter 14, this is a bit of a mashup, if there's such a thing in Bible reading, I know it's in songs, but this is a bit of a a mashup on chapter 14. Accept other believers who are weak in the faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So why why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we all stand before the judgment seat of God So let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. For you see, the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but it's of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. If Paul addressed these things over and over, it must be important. So what does it look like for us today? As I was writing the deeper reflection during the summer, I thought it'd be interesting to look up what the American values would be in our culture today versus the Corinthians. And this is what I found was on a website that helps immigrants that are coming to our country understand us better. Okay? (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) See if you'd want to come here after this. An efficient and progressive society, often at the expense of interpersonal relationships. A society where little deference is shown or status is acknowledged. People are seen as separate individuals with individual needs. People need time to be alone and to be themselves, self-centered and sometimes isolated and lonely. Americans take pride in their own accomplishments. Competition is emphasized over cooperation. Americans are seen as caring more for things rather than people or relationships. A culture ripe for division and separation Maybe so. We know the world is dividing more and more on issues. World news, local news, really any news. Red versus blue, race against race, cop versus civilian, anti this versus pro that. And then you have social media. The certainty of comparison and offense at the touch of a finger or a push of a button. <clears throat> so I'm going to insert a little Facebook story here, okay? So recently, I jumped on Facebook and the very, you know how it starts, I don't know how they do it, but all of a sudden there's a picture of someone you haven't seen for years, and <laughs> there it is. <clears throat> and um, so I'm like, cool, a drawing from his son, you know? So it was a drawing that a 10-year-old had done. And I zoom in on it, and it's a pg and truck with two helicopters above, an uh, army tank behind, and an army tank in front, all shooting missiles at the pg and truck. Oh. I'm glad you guys responded that way. <laughs> I thought some of you would laugh. <laughs> so I was going to give you another perspective, OK? <laughs> Um, but that warms my heart that you did you did the ah instead of laughing Uh, as I say another perspective that I can understand the humor or the frustration when we don't have power that's you know awful but um, when you look at it from, from a perspective of a loved one that drives that said blue truck and parks it in their driveway where their family sleeps at night, it's a whole nother perspective of how we look at that picture. The really great thing with that, that same week, I I believe, maybe the same day, I can't remember, I got a a picture from my son-in-law who drives such truck um, of guy, I call him Ferrari, but I know it's Fieri or something. Okay. <laughs> On the front lines with the guys, cooking for them and feeding them food. And it was just just such an uplifting and um, such a, mo- uh, I don't know, a light bulb moment of like, you know, one or the other. and And that's what all of our decisions are in life, one or the other. We can have love and respect through even hard times, through even... Uh, being with hard people at times or we can be the one to go to the front lines and go you know what I'm going to help I'm going to help however I can may not even totally agree with the whole situation but I'm going to help however I can so we have that culture in the world does the same culture trickle into the church I'm going to keep names out of this Okay, but here are a couple of Christian news publication headlines. And I went very peacemaker here, representing both sides, because that's what I do. Okay. (laughs) Christians shouldn't just celebrate Halloween. They should be the life of the party. Christians versus Halloween, the dangers of celebrating Halloween. On women preaching... The pulpit is not your platform on women preaching. Our daughters deserve this. Yoga enthusiasts long to touch their (laughs) toes. I knew this would get you. (laughs) Yoga enthusiasts long to touch their toes more than God's face. (laughs) All these years of yoga, and I have yet to be (laughs) demon-possessed. These are true. I'll give you the website. Six reasons why you should give up listening to country music. No, not country, I'm sorry. Christian music. I can only imagine and the power of Christian music. So those are the contrast. We see a culture of division and a huge lack of love and respect for each other in the big wide world, that's kind of expected. But now we also see it in the big C church. This culture can and does trickle down. Let's bring it closer to home. What would it take to divide us? So picture our nurture group. And I had visions of having this beautiful collage picture of all of us, you know, together up here. But I don't. It didn't happen. So imagine, all of you in here. I mean, you don't have to imagine. You can look around and see a wonderful group of ladies that have been together now since whenever we started. Okay. Um, one motive. I feel unified in respect serving loving and caring heaven we had a lot of loving and serving even just this morning in this hot hot meal in the new group it, just in everything um, caring for each other we've lived this past semester i would say in good harmony i won't say perfect because i don't know but good harmony with each other but let's say a woman, and I'm going to pick table number seven because they're my peeps, and I didn't run this by them, so I think they'll be okay. But say table number seven, and some uh, a woman at the table voices, let's see which, which one should I use, okay, that she loves Christian rap music, two other ladies at the table are very offended by this they strongly disagree and the two of them get together talk about it well you see they were raised on hymnals and hymnals they will die on (laughs) they talk amongst themselves and they are very bothered by this they're bothered that woman a is using her freedom so recklessly So they take their little blue hymnals, and off they march out the door. They walk away in offense. I know none of you would do that, so we're just using our table as an object. They walk away from a community of believers who have loved each other, cared for each other, and shared life with each other. I was really trying to keep this somewhat light and fluffy. But seriously, what would it be for you? What would it be for me? In the book, Unoffendable, Brant Hansen wrote, offense obscures our vision. Removing offense enables us to see people in wonderful new ways. When we choose ahead of time, before a conversation, before meetings, before our day begins, to be unoffendable. We're simply choosing humility. Are we any different from the Church of Corinth? I think not. So just as Paul warned the Corinthians with a little history lesson, we too can learn and be encouraged to respect and love each other as we read through this book. William Barclay wrote, I just found this, this quote. I collect old books, and just this past week, my, my little grandson was over, and he's four, and he pulls old books off the shelf and just reads the letter, letter by letter. Mima, what does G-O-O-D spell? Um, or then he'll just sit there and just G-O-O-D T-H-A-T, and that's just what he'll do. Well, he had left this this book out that I had had on my shelf, kind of more as decorating, and I went to put it back, and it was Corinthians, written by William Barclay. Um, So I started flipping through it, and this is a quote that I found in there that fit... Man, was this amazing. If we think differently from a man... We may in time come to understand him and even to sympathize with him if we remain in fellowship with him and if we talk things over with him. But if we shut ourselves off from him and from our little group, while he remains in his little group, there is never any hope of mutual understanding. He drew a circle that shut me out, rebel heretic thing to flout, but love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle that took him in so good and so hard. (laughs) Sometimes the differences are so vast. How do we do it? Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, one's nationality or race or education, or social position is unimportant. Such things mean nothing. Whether a person has Christ is what matters, and he is equally available to all. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. These are not instructions just so we can have that warm, fuzzy feeling with each other. It is because this was Jesus' prayer before he was taken to be crucified. May they, he prayed, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that, and that, they, that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So... Back to our scripture in 1 Corinthians 10. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. He is worthy. Thank you. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I just ask you right now to um, move our hearts Um, Lord, to help us see where we may divide, um, where we have divided before, and help us to have humility, Lord, and to be able to forgive and um, to see people through your eyes um, and to love and respect those around us. And Lord, we want to do that to please you. We want to do that so the world will know that we're one, and to give you the glory. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen.